0: I'm Joe Graydon. And I'm Terry Graydon. Welcome to this podcast of The People's Pharmacy. You can find previous podcasts and more information on a range of health topics at peoplespharmacy.com. Have you ever had a close call while driving? Your heart races and your hands shake. We call it the fight or flight reaction. This is The People's Pharmacy with Terry and Joe Graydon.
1: A sudden release of adrenaline can be very helpful in an emergency. If you're being chased by a bear, you want to run fast. Your body responds to danger by sending extra adrenaline to your tissues, and that mobilizes muscles, heart, and lungs to escape.
0: Can chronic stress overwhelm your adrenal glands, not to mention the rest
1: of your body? Find out what lifestyle modifications can help you recover from chronic stress.
0: Coming up on The People's Pharmacy, combating adrenal fatigue.
1: In The People's Pharmacy health headlines, the COVID-19 pandemic showed us how useful it would be to have a way to detect airborne viruses. Now, scientists have developed an inexpensive monitor that can detect SARS-CoV-2 in the air of a room within about five minutes. This prototype takes advantage of improved aerosol sampling technology as well as ultrasensitive biosensing techniques. The researchers suggest that their technology could easily be adjusted to detect other types of viruses as well, such as influenza or respiratory syncytial virus. We would love to see such monitors in hospitals, pharmacies, banks, supermarkets, schools, and anywhere else people may gather. If the results were posted prominently on an electronic screen, you would know if it was safe to enter or if you would need to wear a mask for your protection.
0: Technology has already proven its value during the pandemic because it provides an early warning against future outbreaks. Wastewater monitoring was able to pick up the presence of SARS-CoV-2 in many communities before cases started showing up in the hospital. An international collaboration has just completed a study on how countries use wastewater monitoring to detect infectious diseases. The samples were collected in 43 countries in 2022. One of the investigators points out that a dedicated surveillance system would have picked up SARS-CoV-2 and its spread much more quickly, and healthcare systems could have prepared better. This technology is unbiased and efficient. The study found, however, that there are no comprehensive guidelines to ensure ethical practices in wastewater monitoring.
1: The FDA recently approved Lecambi for treating Alzheimer's disease. Early detection of neurological dysfunction might enhance the effectiveness of such treatment. New research from Duke University demonstrates the feasibility of detecting mild cognitive impairment long before it becomes evident with standard tests. The researchers used retinal scans called optical coherence tomography and machine learning to identify individuals with cognitive impairment. This non-invasive, inexpensive approach utilizes technology already available to most ophthalmologists. The senior author states, "This work brings us one step closer to detecting cognitive impairment earlier before it progresses to Alzheimer's dementia."
0: Exercise can help people suffering with depression, even those who are older than 50. More than 4,000 participants answered questions about physical activity and mood every two years for a decade. Those who exercised at least 20 minutes a day, at least five days a week, reduced their chance of experiencing depression by approximately 16% compared to those who were not active. Previous research has shown that regular exercise works at least as well as medications against depression. This study confirms that, but the amount of exercise required against chronic depression is higher than previously recognized. A gentle walk in the park won't do the job. People with this kind of persistent problem got relief from their symptoms as if they exercised at a moderate or vigorous level two hours a day.
1: Doctors often recommend that people with diabetes consume a diet rich in vegetables and fruits, and low in ultra-processed foods. That presents a great challenge for the many individuals on tight budgets. Researchers at Tufts University wondered how well it would work for these people to get free or discounted produce through a produce prescription, essentially a voucher that they use at the grocery store. In their model, the scientists found that implementing a nationwide produce prescription program for people with diabetes would save the country an estimated $40 billion in health care costs over the lifetime of people 40 years and older. That doesn't even include the nearly $5 billion in lost productivity that would be gained. And that's the health news from the People's Pharmacy this week. Welcome to The Pupil's Pharmacy. I'm Terry Graydon.
0: And I'm Joe Graydon. Have you ever heard of adrenaline? Most of us are very familiar with its effects, increased heart rate, tremor, dilated pupils, pale skin, and rapid breathing. This is all part of the system our bodies rely on to face danger.
1: Another name for adrenaline is epinephrine. While it's great to have a fight-or-flight reaction during an emergency, such reactions on a regular basis take a toll on the body. Many of us experience challenges multiple times a day. When our phone rings or we get a ding indicating a text message, we may feel we need to respond promptly. The news is frequently frightening, especially when it interrupts us with announcements of another mass shooting or a weather disaster. No wonder so many people feel overwhelmed. How can we begin to calm down and address chronic stress?
0: To learn more about adrenaline and the toll it takes on our bodies, we turn to Dr. Isabella Wentz. She is a pharmacist and thyroid specialist. Dr. Wentz has dedicated her career to addressing the root causes of autoimmune thyroid disease after being diagnosed herself with Hashimoto's thyroiditis in 2009. She's the author of Hashimoto's Thyroiditis Lifestyle Interventions for Finding and Treating the Root Cause, Hashimoto's Food Pharmacology, and Hashimoto's Protocol. Her most recent book is Adrenal Transformation Protocol, a four-week plan to release stress symptoms and go from surviving to thriving.
1: Welcome to the People's Pharmacy, Dr. Isabella Wentz.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Dr. Wentz,
0: the adrenal glands, before we even get started, I I think we we need to identify where are they? Because most people don't think about their adrenals the way they think about their heart or their lungs or their head or any other part of their body. It's sort of this mysterious thing somewhere. So A, where are they? And number two, what do they do?
2: They are these tiny glands that sit on top of our kidneys, and they're the primary glands responsible for producing our stress hormones, most notably cortisol.
1: Now, it seems to me that there is a hormone called adrenaline that's named after the adrenal gland. Can you tell us about that?
2: Oh, absolutely. So the adrenal glands produce a whole host of different hormones. Adrenaline is one of them. That um, This is something that is known as our fight or flight hormone, and this can help us get through some really tough, stressful situations.
0: Well, give us an example. I mean, I, I get so tired of hearing people say, "Oh, yeah, the
1: saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> Which is chasing- we have not seen saber-toothed tigers ever.
0: <laughs> so, when would you, when would your adrenal glands start pouring out adrenaline in you know the twenty first century?
2: In modern life, well, when we're running late to a meeting and we're stuck in traffic this could be a really, really important time to tune into our bodies. We might feel our heart pumping blood and our breathing starts to move faster. It might be at a time where somebody says something to us that really ticks us off, that adrenaline could get going within our systems. And, you know, as a mother, I oftentimes will say, if I see my child doing something that he's not supposed to be doing, where I think he might get hurt, so that would be a time where adrenaline may get released.
1: Well, it sounds like there are plenty of opportunities in 21st century life for the adrenal glands to go into action. I would love to invite you to tell us your story of how you got interested in adrenal dysfunction.
2: I got interested in adrenal dysfunction by ways of having an autoimmune condition known as Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and trying to figure out if there was anything I can do to make myself feel better. Initially, I had symptoms like brain fog, fatigue. I was tired all of the time. I was sleeping 12 hours a night and I was still waking up tired. That's, that's how bad it was. I was anxious. I had kind of panic attacks that just came out of random times and nowhere, whole list of digestive symptoms, pain throughout my body, and just constantly felt overwhelmed. Initially, I was diagnosed with this autoimmune condition called Hashimoto's. And looking at all of the different causes and things that could have triggered it, I came across adrenal dysfunction. Now, being a, a skeptical pharmacist, I saw the term adrenal dysfunction. And I looked it up and saw that only Addison's was irrelevant was and medically recognized. Form okay of adrenal dysfunction. stop
0: stop right there Addison's.
2: Yes
0: I don't think most people are familiar with Addison's. It's my recollection that President John F. Kennedy had Addison's disease. What is it and why would that affect the adrenals?
2: Oh absolutely. John F. Kennedy was um, had a, a person with Addison's, probably the most famous person with this condition. And what happens in Addison's disease is our adrenal glands, they get destroyed, usually by the immune system and an autoimmune attack. 90% of them are destroyed to the point where they can no longer make our stress hormones. And so at that point, a person who is diagnosed usually can get in some kind of a crisis situation. They may have trouble walking or just be super, super exhausted. Um, this is generally going to be um, intensive care unit, situation, emergency situation. And that person will require lifelong medication support to replace the hormones their body is no longer making. This is different than, you know, adrenal dysfunction, which is a physiological state that tends to be very, very common. Addison's disease is a rare autoimmune disorder, and primarily what a endocrinologist will focus on, when somebody talks about adrenal issues, but adrenal dysfunction is sort of this state that the body goes into when we've just had way more stress than we know what to do with it. And so initially when a person gets stressed out, we'll release adrenaline, we'll release cortisol. And as time goes on, you kind of, you know, the, the saber tooth tiger or the traffic incident, or, you know, your child not getting hurt, you kind of shake off. That stress, and you go back to uh, a normal, physiologically healthy release of your stress hormones. But some people can get stuck in this fight or flight, chronic stress cycle, where the release of their stress hormones isn't healthy. And this is this is what happens in adrenal dysfunction. This was part of my healing journey when I had an autoimmune condition. Um, I was stuck in a state of adrenal dysfunction. People typically think of adrenal dysfunction as having too much cortisol. It could also mean not having enough cortisol or having fluctuating levels of cortisol that are not aligned with how they're supposed to be released throughout the day. Most people with autoimmune conditions that I've worked with, such as Hashimoto's and with um, chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia, their body actually doesn't have enough cortisol throughout the day. So they become super stress intolerant. What that means is that daily life activities, they find them exhausting and overwhelming. And this was certainly the case for me, where I would wake up tired, really late in the morning, I had a really hard time getting going, I had brain fog fatigue, I had intermittent anxiety. And then the nighttime would come and I would have the hardest time falling asleep. And if I did get to sleep, I would be on refreshing sleep. Unfortunately, a lot of people are walking around this way and they don't really know what is going on with them. And they don't know that there's a solution, which is essentially this adrenal dysfunction state where our stress hormones are out of balance. And what we need to do is we need to shift the body back into a thriving state. So, so that you feel happy and energetic when you wake up in the morning and well-rested, and then you have a stable amount of energy throughout the day, and you feel calm and collected and energetic and able to tackle and handle the day, and that you get tired in the evenings. Well, let me ask you a
0: question because I'm a little confused. So you had a thyroid problem, an autoimmune condition called Hashimoto's, and I had sort of a different kind of thyroid problem. I had hyperthyroidism that caused something we refer to as Graves' disease. And my thyroid was in overdrive. I mean, I'm talking heart rate of 120 to 150. I'm talking about having tremors. I was just really, my thyroid was driving me nuts because it was just too active. And I eventually was able to get it under control and everything went back to normal. But boy, when my thyroid was in overdrive, it felt like adrenaline was just coursing through my body. Why is the thyroid affecting the adrenal glands?
2: There is an intricate feedback loop between all of our hormones. They talk to one another, right? And so thyroid hormones can interact with adrenal hormones Some of the things that can happen with people who have hypothyroidism, for example, their body holds on to the cortisol a bit longer. And um, cortisol can actually, when when it's elevated, can actually interfere with some of the binding of thyroid hormones. Generally speaking, all of our hormones communicate with one another. We tend to, I think, in modern medicine, think of each hormone living by itself in a vacuum. However... All of the hormones, you know, you might have be diagnosed with one condition, like Graves disease or Hashimoto's, without realizing how it's also impacting your whole hormonal cascade, right?
1: You're listening to Dr. Isabella Wentz, a pharmacist and thyroid specialist. After she was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis in 2009, she devoted her career to explaining the causes of autoimmune thyroid disease. Her books include Hashimoto's Thyroiditis and her latest, The Adrenal Transformation Protocol, a four-week plan to release stress symptoms.
0: After the break, find out how you might determine if you
1: have a problem with adrenal dysfunction. What tests can shed light on this problem? How does stress affect this condition? Dr. Wentz describes the protocol that most integrative practitioners recommend for adrenal dysfunction.
0: We'll find out what to do about some of the stressors that are so common in today's fast paced world.
1: You're listening to The People's Pharmacy with Joe and Terry Graydon. This
0: podcast is made possible in part by Coco Via maker of the most proven and concentrated flavanol extract in the market today, Cocoa Pro Cocoa
1: Extract. With the proven power of cocoa flavanols, Cocoa Via supplements support blood flow from head to toe. This National Physical Fitness and Sports Month, give your heart and brain 100% and support a healthy you with the most proven flavanol bioactive. Get 20% off your Cocovia order from May 8th through May 22nd using the discount code fitnesspod at cocovia.com.
0: These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to The People's Pharmacy. I'm Joe Graydon.
1: And I'm Terry Graydon. The People's Pharmacy is made possible in part by Cocovia Dietary Supplements, cocoa flavanol supplements that support cognitive and cardiovascular health, made with proven concentrated flavanol extract. More information available at Cocovia.com.
0: The People's Pharmacy is also supported by Gaia Herbs, focused on purity potency, and transparency through its Meet Your Herbs platform, tracing the origin and DNA of each product, connecting people, plants, and planet to create healing. More information at Gaia, G-A-I-A com.
1: How would you know if your adrenal glands are in overdrive? Are there symptoms that might tip you off that you might be suffering from adrenal dysfunction? Is there anything you can do to reduce your stress levels, no matter what's going on around you?
0: We're talking today with Dr. Isabella Wentz. She is a pharmacist and thyroid specialist. She has dedicated her career to addressing the root causes of autoimmune thyroid disease. Her books include Hashimoto's Thyroiditis, Lifestyle Interventions for Finding and Treating the Root Cause, Hashimoto's Food Pharmacology, and Hashimoto's Protocol. Her most recent book is Adrenal Transformation Protocol, a four-week plan to release stress symptoms.
1: Dr. Wentz, how would a person suspect and how would they confirm that they might have a problem with adrenal dysfunction?
2: There are tests people can do in their very own homes, or there are tests they can do with, with integrative practitioners. Generally, I would recommend a person assess themselves. So if you are somebody that has sensitivity to bright lights, when you step outside, you feel like, oh my goodness, I really need some sunglasses. That could be a sign of adrenal dysfunction. If you have cravings for salt and salty foods, that is going to be an important sign of adrenal dysfunction. If you're somebody that stands up perhaps too quickly and you feel lightheaded, That's also going to be a sign that you might have adrenal dysfunction. In addition to the other things that I mentioned from a symptom perspective, such as brain fog, anxiety, mood fluctuations, trouble sleeping, unrefreshing sleep, people also may complain of pain in their bodies as well as um, libido issues. And then, any person with autoimmunity, I would say, you know, I would consider making sure that you get you further look into this as a potential triggering factor or part of what you need to address to feel 100% better.
1: Okay. Now, I'd like to get rather specific. Let's say, for example, that I am a person with Hashimoto's that I say, oh, cravings for salt. Absolutely. That I say, oh, yeah, if I stand up too fast... I get lightheaded and I feel like I'm going to fall over. So I've got a few symptoms that you've just mentioned. What kind of test do I or somebody like me want to uh, look at to see whether or not that's really what's going on?
2: I love doing adrenal saliva testing. So this is a test that a person can utilized, they're generally going to be ordered f- by integrative and functional medicine practitioners. And people can also self-order them online through a lab such as ZRT lab, where a person will provide saliva samples and tiny little cups four times a day to measure how much cortisol they're secreting throughout the day. And the first one you would do when you wake up in the morning, and then you would do one around noon and then in the afternoon and at bedtime and this test will measure your cortisol output throughout the day. A healthy person with healthy adrenal function is going to have higher levels of cortisol in the morning, and it's going to look like they're going down a a gentle slide throughout the day with the cortisol gradually getting lower, and eventually in the evening time, the cortisol will be Um, very low and that will allow for the body to produce melatonin for the person to sleep well. These tests I love recommending to individuals because they are, the labs provide reference ranges and most people can look at this test and be able to tell if they have some degree of adrenal dysfunction. If the test looks like you're on a roller coaster with the cortisol going up and down and up and down, that's going to be a sign of adrenal dysfunction. If you're cortisol is really high the whole day, that's going to be a sign of adrenal dysfunction. If your cortisol is too low all day, so you don't get that little boost in the morning that gets you bright-eyed and bushy-tilled and out of bed, that's going to be a sign that you have adrenal dysfunction. Um, this is one particular test that when people go to their endocrinologists, endocrinologists might just test a person for Addison's disease, which would be more of a blood test. And this is not the same of what we're looking for because these cortisol levels are done in saliva and they look at your overall daily pattern of cortisol.
0: Well, Dr. Wentz, let me interrupt you if I may. Your colleagues, physicians like endocrinologists or internists, a lot of physicians are going to say, Adrenal dysfunction? What's that? I never learned about that in medical school. It sounds like hokum to me.
1: Exactly. There's going to be a lot of uh, skepticism, might I say. And they say,
0: you know, saliva tests? No 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 no. We don't do saliva tests. We do we do blood tests. We we send people to the laboratory. They get their blood tested. We get a panel back and I've never seen a panel that says something about adrenal dysfunction. So what what's Dr. Wentz talking about? How do you deal with that pushback from traditional medicine that says that, that's you know all those symptoms that they, they they happen anyway. A lot of people have a hard time getting up out of bed in the morning. A lot of people have a hard time sleeping at night. A lot of people have brain fog. How do how do we know this is even real?
2: That's such a great question, and I have to admit, I was one of those people. Even though I was having those symptoms, being a traditionally trained pharmacist, I was like, oh, this doesn't exist. This condition isn't real. This this reputable website said that it's not a thing, right? And I guess I personally got to a point where I was desperate enough where I thought I'll do the testing and I'll I'll try the recommendations. And sure enough, the testing revealed that I had this adrenal dysfunction with low cortisol. And when I tried those recommendations, they worked. I felt better. Holy cow. And my answer to people is just because something is common doesn't mean it's not normal and just because it's not a disease doesn't mean that we can't find ways to optimize a person's health or how they're feeling i really love functional medicine and the institute of functional medicine so i i try to you know rather than me arguing with somebody or preaching to them i'll say have you checked out the institute of functional medicine they provide some education for physicians and practitioners, just more from a wellness perspective. And you're not really focusing on disease, but you're really focusing on how do you correct lifestyle and how do you make these small changes that can have a profound impact on how a person feels. And I I just encourage people to be open-minded and to listen to their patients as well, right?
0: So on The People's Pharmacy, we have a mantra, might help. Won't hurt, give it a try.
1: Uh, doesn't cost too much.
0: And it doesn't cost too much. And so I think, you know, for people who are saying, yeah, those symptoms, and by the way, Dr. Wentz, could you, could you repeat the symptoms so that people can just, you know, get down that checklist one more time? How would somebody suspect that they might have adrenal dysfunction?
2: Trouble waking up in the morning, feeling brain fogged, feeling anxious throughout the day, having salt cravings, feeling overwhelmed, having issues with libido, having pain in their bodies, trouble falling asleep, unrefreshing sleep, weight gain, definitely salt cravings, sensitivity to bright lights, feeling faint and lightheaded when people stand up. These would be some reasons to suspect that you might have adrenal dysfunction or to put another way that you might benefit from lifestyle changes to support your stress response.
0: And tell us again, what adrenaline has to do with all of this and stress, because everybody's under stress these days and, you know, it's hard to say, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm really laid back and relaxed. No, everybody's got their electronic devices, pinging them every 30 seconds. So Where where does stress fit into this and lifestyle?
2: So we definitely want to be mindful of the things that we consume in our day-to-day life. What are the things that trigger our stress response in our bodies? I typically will have a person going through and making a list of, um, I'll have them take a piece of paper, put it a line down the middle and on the left hand say, This is what makes me feel better. This is what makes me feel worse. And generally the things that are going to cause us stress, release of adrenaline, release of cortisol, sitting in traffic, being overworked, being overwhelmed, being underfed, these are things that are going to make people feel worse, right? And then I have them make a list of the things that make them feel better. And typically these are things like spending time in nature, spending time with loved ones. For some people, it's naps. For some people, it's, um, you know, doing gentle walks or gentle restorative exercise. And we really focus on creating this plan of how to shift the body from that adrenaline fight or flight state to more of the rest, digest and relax state. And sometimes it's as easy as sitting down and doing a craft or an art project or painting to shift your body away from that. I've got a long to-do list, I'm stuck in traffic, and all of these little instances, these micro-stressors that we may have that release adrenaline and set off that stress cascade, right?
1: Right. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, yeah, that's why I like to pick up my knitting. And it's just very relaxing, but a lot of people don't knit. What is the usual protocol That an integrative healthcare provider might start with for a patient who has come to them for problems that they both think are due to adrenal dysfunction?
2: Some of the protocols that I learned about when I was first studying functional medicine and integrative medicine were looking at the person's cortisol release throughout the day and using hormones to lift it up if it was too low and using certain supplements to lower it if it was too high. Now, this can help from a symptomatic perspective, but I feel like um, there might be some, some issues where people might not be able to take the hormones. Some people react poorly to them. Other people might have a worsening of estrogen-related issues when they take certain hormones, and, you know, they're just not for everybody. And they also don't really address the root cause. You can take all the hormones in the world, but if you're still stuck in a stress cycle in your lifestyle, then, you know, that's not going to help, right? And so my, my approach is really focused on shifting people into more of that relaxing state. And yes, I'll use a um, small number of supplements, but I also focus on nutrition and some of those lifestyle habits that just not not to um, not to give it all away, but there are fun for people to do and pleasurable activities like you mentioned knitting. So we think about how do we incorporate more of the things that relax you and make you feel good throughout your day to shift you so your body isn't constantly sending out those stress signals and your body can recalibrate and you feel good.
0: You've written that that adrenal dysfunction kind of. Evolves as an adaptive mechanism because we don 't feel safe, and I think that there are a lot of people now who don't feel safe when they turn on television and they see people shouting at one another or politicians screaming or you know family members who are arguing or fighting or just having you know uh, an unpleasant time together so it seems like our adrenal glands that are trying to protect us from the saber-toothed tiger or from you know, some danger have come around to, pardon the expression, bite us in the butt. They're, they're, they're sort of adaptive, but now they've become maladaptive. What do we do about the fundamental problem, which is it's an unsafe environment?
2: It's very challenging because we live in the modern world and we can't put ourselves in a bubble. So we have to think about how to adapt to the stressors that we currently have. We have things that are under our control, right? And then there are things that we can't control. So when a cavewoman, caveman times, you know, your stress response would be activated in real life-threatening situations. And it's so helpful to have that stress response if your child is stuck under a big boulder and you need that superhuman strength to push that boulder off and save their lives or run away really, really quickly. But when that gets activated by watching the news because there's something going on in the world that's very scary and makes us feel unsafe, that is gonna be very problematic in our modern day life, especially if we watch a lot of news. So my approach to this is, figuring out why your body feels unsafe and what are the daily habits that you have that shift your body into that fight or flight state. For some people, it could be their news junkies. And so the solution there would be maybe not watch so much news, right? So really focus on tuning out some of the negative information and focusing on listening to relaxing music. Some people may benefit from... Um, from prayer. Some people may benefit from, from, uh, my husband loves like relaxing waterfall music. There's, there's various things or pop music, whatever you enjoy and puts you at ease, taking the time to balance out that, that messaging. So your, your body isn't constantly getting, and your brain isn't constantly getting the message of there's something bad going on. And then there are physiological things. For example, if we are a lot of us, are told that we need to exercise more and eat less, that in itself can be a stressor for the body. If you think of a cave woman in cave woman times, the only time they would be not eating and restricting their calories and, you know, running as much as a typical woman might be in an hour of running on a treadmill would be because, you know, the, the food situation, perhaps it was during a famine and running as much could have been because of being chased, right? And so I think about how to shift those daily habits and what is your stress load? If you're getting stress from watching the news and then you're doing three hours of cardio, that's another stressor and it's all additive. And so we modify the things we can modify and we try to counterbalance that with things that are going to give us more energy and benefit.
1: You're listening to Dr. Isabella Wentz, a pharmacist and thyroid specialist. After she was diagnosed with Hashimoto's Thyroiditis, she devoted her career to understanding and explaining the causes of autoimmune thyroid disease. Her books include Hashimoto's Thyroiditis, Lifestyle Interventions for Finding and Treating the Root Cause, and Hashimoto's Protocol. Her latest book is Adrenal Transformation Protocol – A four-week plan to release stress symptoms and go from surviving to thriving.
0: After the break, we'll get the basics on the adrenal transformation protocol Dr. Wentz recommends.
1: How can we provide our bodies with signals that they're safe? We need to pay
0: attention to balancing the hormone cortisol.
1: What can a person with an inverted cortisol pattern do to correct it? it's critical for
0: all of us to get adequate sleep. We'll also learn about adaptogens, such as ashwagandha and rhodiola.
1: You're listening to The People's Pharmacy with Joe and Terry Graydon.
0: This podcast is made possible in part by Gaia Herbs. For more than 30 years, Gaia Herbs has nurtured the connection between people and plants to deliver nature's vitality. Their full-spectrum formulas are designed to provide an herb's complete array of beneficial compounds with nothing artificial to get in the way. Learn more at GaiaHerbs.com. That's G-A-I-A Herbs.
1: Welcome back to The People's Pharmacy. I'm Terry Grayton.
0: And I'm Joe Grayton. The People's Pharmacy is made possible in part by Coco Via Dietary Supplements. Cocoa Via Memory Plus is formulated with 750 milligrams of cocoflavanols, a level clinically proven to improve three different types of memory and support brain function. More information is available at cocovia.com.
1: If you're dealing with chronic stress and feeling overwhelmed, you might be suffering from adrenal fatigue. What can you do to feel better? How can you overcome both brain fog and anxiety? Our guest, Dr. Isabella Wentz, has a number of recommendations for effective lifestyle modifications.
0: Dr. Wentz is a pharmacist and thyroid specialist. She dedicated her career to addressing the root causes of autoimmune thyroid disease after being diagnosed herself with Hashimoto's thyroiditis in 2009. She's the author of Hashimoto Thyroiditis Lifestyle Interventions for Finding and Treating the Root Cause. Hashimoto's Food Pharmacology and Hashimoto's Protocol. Her most recent book is Adrenal Transformation Protocol, a four week plan to release stress symptoms.
1: Dr. Wentz, the Adrenal Transformation Protocol. Obviously, you've written an entire book. It's way too much for us to get through in 15 minutes, but I'm hoping that maybe in three minutes you could give us some of the highlights, and that way we'll understand why we should read the book.
0: Yes, especially that protocol of yours.
2: Absolutely. So I really focus on sending the body safety signals to counteract some of the stress signals that we might get and trying to minimize the stress signals if we can.
1: What do you mean by a safety signal?
2: Safety signal is something that shifts the body into that healing, thriving, parasympathetic state. So this could be something like meditation, where it relaxes you and puts you at ease. This could be something like actually getting enough protein into your diet so that the body can repair itself and getting enough food into your diet so the body doesn't think that it's in a famine. So we go through this process. One of the biggest safety signals is blood sugar balancing strategies. Whenever we are eating a lot of sugar and not enough protein and not enough good fats, this can put us on a blood sugar roller coaster. And whenever we have that, this can actually release cause us to release adrenaline and cortisol. And this could be a stressor just coming from the body, even if we're living a very zen life otherwise. And so we really focus making sure you have enough protein, enough fat, and limiting some of the high sugar foods in your diet. This is a really, really big game changer for people, helps them sleep better at night. It also helps them feel more full throughout the day, more calm, less anxious. They have Fewer energy fluctuations, and they do tend to get to a healthier weight if they were overweight.
0: You know, our listeners are tired of hearing me talk about breakfast, but I think breakfast is such a wonderful (laughs) example because for a lot of people, it's, oh, yeah, how about pancakes or waffles with syrup?
1: Or let's be quick and have coffee and a bagel. Or Pop
0: Tarts. That's so easy and fat. I can get right out the door. And all of those breakfasts are pretty high carb, high sugar. Maybe not the best way to start the day.
2: Absolutely. In my experience, I have found that people who tend to eat a high carb breakfast will have crashes of energy throughout the day. They'll have more anxiety throughout the day. They're more likely to put on the weight. What? Carbs, a lot of carbs can also do is they can lower our cortisol. And we typically don't want lower cortisol in the morning. We want it to be just right. And what I find to be very, very helpful is a high protein breakfast. So sometimes this could look like three eggs. Sometimes this could look like a protein smoothie where you get that into your system. And people will say, wow, I thought I had. An anxiety disorder turns out that I just needed to balance my blood sugar and eat more protein in the morning. This can be a really, really big game changer. And something that that I was personally surprised about is that some people when they skip breakfast, or they have too many carbs for breakfast, this will show up for them until like in the middle of the night, where they'll wake up with blood sugar slings. But if you get enough protein in the morning, that actually helps people sleep better at night.
0: Now, you've mentioned the word cortisol several times. And I think a lot of people say cortisol, cortisol, it sounds a lot like cortisone. So, I'm guessing that cortisol is the body's natural cortisone, and we've heard a lot about the negative effects of cortisone that, you know, corticosteroids can be a problem and yet we have to have cortisol in order to function, and that's part of the whole thing around adrenal dysfunction. So can you help us understand the role of cortisol and why you've mentioned it frequently and how we get it to be balanced throughout the day?
2: Definitely. So cortisol is a naturally producing hormone that our body makes and you know, when you think of steroids, they lower inflammation. And that's what cortisol in the right amounts does. It helps us keep our inflammation, our immune system in balance. It helps us tolerate stress. Now, we typically, you know, if you watch mainstream media, you might hear of high cortisol and cortisol being bad. And it, it is partially true when we have cortisol that's too high above the optimal physiological ranges. This can cause us to store belly fat. This could cause our body to break down more quickly. But that's not the only issue we can have with cortisol. We can also have cortisol that's too low. So then we're not properly managing the inflammation in our bodies. Our body is always in a constant state of breaking itself down and repairing it. And we do need cortisol to help balance that out. People with low cortisol, in my experience, they tend to have more inflammation in the body. This can show up as pain. This can show up as something like a Hashimoto's thyroiditis or um, ulcerative colitis or another kind of you know, inflammatory-itis condition. And then we can also have people who have fluctuations of cortisol or perhaps the cortisol is not aligned with the circadian rhythm. So we're supposed to have higher levels of cortisol in the morning to wake us up. And lower cortisol levels in the evening, so we can make melatonin and sleep well. Some people have a flipped cortisol curve, so this is essentially a person that's a night owl, and they have trouble waking up in the morning, no energy throughout the day, and that evening time hits, and they're you know they're ready to party, right? And um, this is another kind of dysfunction that can present when people have adrenal dysfunction.
1: So, what can such a person do?
2: Well, one of the things that can be very very helpful. Is going outside first thing in the morning to give our body the signal that it's daytime and the bright lights from outdoor exposure can actually help our bodies produce cortisol naturally and to set up that healthy circadian pattern so the body will say, Okay, this is when we make our get our cortisol burst going, and then we're going to have a gradual lowering of cortisol throughout the day. And the other thing is. After the sun sets, staying away from artificial lights. So limiting screen time, limiting TV watching, limiting bright light exposure. For some people, this can look like bright um, blue blocker glasses, or some people have gone as far as to say, after the sun sets, we're going to use some candlelight. Also, blacking out any kind of sources of blue light in your bedroom. I know I personally, we moved into a new house and I blocked out some blue lights and I was waking up in the middle of the night and I wasn't sure why. And all of a sudden I look and there's this bright blue light shining from, um, from the automatic blinds machine and our son had taken off the sticker. So some people are very sensitive to that and have found that they don't sleep as well or as deeply when there's even tiny amounts of blue light in their bedrooms. And so this can cause their cortisol to be too high in the evenings. Now, um, this, this sounds very, very basic, but it works really, really well. You just have to give it a few days to see the effects.
1: So, so far, we have definitely talked about things that everybody can do. Change the kind of breakfast that you eat. Make sure that it's not high carb and has more protein. Go out for a
0: morning walk.
1: Go out for a morning walk. Make sure you're being exposed to outside daylight and limit the amount of um, indoor, especially blue light that you get in the evening Now, I'm assuming that sleep is also an important part of this adrenal transformation protocol. How do you get the sleep you need?
2: It's challenging for some people to get sleep when they have small children. It's challenging for some people to get sleep when they have night shift work. But I think for majority of individuals, it takes commitment, right? So you might be a person that's burning the midnight oil and staying up too late. And sometimes it's just a matter of saying, I'm going to prioritize sleep. I used to say to people when they were on their healing journeys, if you can sleep for 10 to 12 hours a night for 14 to 30 days, that could really get your adrenals back in balance. The fastest ways to get out of adrenal dysfunction is going to be through sleep deprivation. The fastest way to heal that is through getting more sleep and catching up on some of that sleep. Now, it's not as easy for everybody as just deciding that they're going to sleep. So of course, I have had some clients that have had issues with insomnia, long term issues, trouble falling asleep multiple times waking up throughout the night, waking up too early. And there's a lot of things we can do from a physiological standpoint to balance that out. One of the ones that works in about half of the time is getting adequate magnesium into the body. My favorite way of doing this is through an Epsom salt bath. When a person can take 15 or 20 minutes, get into a bathtub, pour a cup or two of Epsom salt baths in there and let that soak in. This will restore our magnesium levels really nicely. It'll kind of heat up the body, relax it. Just This is generally like an evening routine and then once you get out of the bath you might have a little feel a little bit more cold which also lets your body know that it's time to sleep and for some people this is actually a great routine to help them sleep a little bit better throughout the night
0: now i do want to interrupt and say that people who have kidney function problems need to be very careful about the amount of magnesium that they take in and uh, you know that magnesium bath Idea might not might not be so good for them, but let me um, let me ask you about pharmaceuticals. I mean, you are a PharmD, D, a doctor of pharmacy, and so far you haven't mentioned a single medication. What about some natural supplements? And I'm thinking in particular about something called DHEA. What's the story?
2: DHEA is um, also known as our youth hormone. And it is something that's secreted by our adrenal glands. It can be a precursor to some of our sex hormones. So it can be associated with things like fertility and libido. This is something that some individuals may utilize. I have been trained in protocols of utilizing this as a a hormone to give to people in very, very tiny doses to help rebalance their adrenals. Now, I will say this is not for everybody. DHEA can can convert to too much estrogen in some situations. And then this can um, be problematic for people who have a personal or family history of estrogen sensitive cancers. It can overconvert to another type of metabolite that can cause some, you know, back knee and some very unpleasant symptoms. And so it's definitely not something I recommend utilizing without working with your practitioner, or somebody that's really well trained in using this kind of a hormone. But there are ways to raise it in the body naturally. One of the ways is through getting more magnesium into your body. And like you said, different people, if you some people who might be diabetic may not be able to take hot baths, people that don't have bathtubs, um, some people with kidney disease. So I would definitely consider either working with an Epsom salt bath or a magnesium supplement internally um, under your physician's supervision to to get some of those magnesium stores that can help support better sleep and healthier DHEA levels naturally.
1: Are there any other supplements that you like to use with people who are consulting with you? We've really emphasized, and I think I'll emphasize one more time, that um, people with poor kidney function really need to be um, monitored and probably need to avoid magnesium supplements, but many of the rest of us can benefit. What other supplements might be helpful?
2: One of the supplements that I find incredibly helpful for people in that stress response, it's actually a category of herbal supplements known as adaptogens. Mm -hmm. What adaptogens do is they help the body adapt to stress. So even if you have, I described a few different cortisol patterns and using hormones, we would try to raise this, this kind of um, cortisol level here and lower it there where we don't have to really worry about what the cortisol levels are throughout the day, because adaptogens are going to help to bring back the cortisol to a healthy state, whether it's too high or too low or secreted at the time of day. So
1: For example, ashwagandha, rhodiola?
2: Those are two of my favorite adaptogens. I also love holy basil and Tulsi tea. This is something that is very gentle and people can sip on that throughout the day. And many of the adaptogens, different ones have different personalities. Some of them are better for libido. Others are um, better for perimenopause. But most of them in general, what they do is they give us more energy throughout the day. They make us less anxious, they have mild mood boosting properties, and they also help us sleep better throughout the night. I, I always joke with people that adaptogens tend to make everybody around us less annoying too. So we just we just give it just give us a little bit more resilience and ability to handle stress.
1: Dr. Isabella Wentz. Thank you so much for writing the Adrenal Transformation Protocol and for talking with us about it on The People's Pharmacy today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a joy and pleasure.
1: You've been listening to Dr. Isabella Wentz, a pharmacist and thyroid specialist. After she was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis in 2009, She devoted her career to understanding and explaining the causes of autoimmune thyroid disease. Her books include Hashimoto's Thyroiditis, Lifestyle Interventions for Finding and Treating the Root Cause, and Hashimoto's Protocol. Her latest book is Adrenal Transformation Protocol, a four-week plan to release stress symptoms and go from surviving to thriving.
0: Lynn Siegel produced today's show. Our ski engineered. Dave Graydon edits our interviews. BJ Liederman composed our theme music.
1: This show is a co production of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC, with The People's Pharmacy.
0: The People's Pharmacy is brought to you in part by Coco Via Dietary Supplements. Coco Via Cardio Health is offered in both convenient capsule and powder formats. With each serving containing 500 milligrams of cocoa flavanols to support heart health. More information is available at coco, cocoa via via.com.
1: Today's show is number 1347. You can find it online at peoplespharmacy.com, and that's where you can share your comments about today's interview.
0: Our interviews are available through your favorite podcast provider. You'll find the show on our website on Monday morning.
1: At peoplespharmacy.com, you could sign up for our free online newsletter to get the latest news about important health stories. When you subscribe, you also have regular access to our weekly podcast. What's more, you can find out ahead of time which topics we'll be covering.
0: In Durham, North Carolina, I'm Joe Graydon.
1: And I'm Terry Graydon. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us again next week. Thank you for listening to the People's Pharmacy Podcast. It's an honor and a pleasure to bring you our award-winning program week in and week out. But producing and distributing this show as a free podcast takes time
0: and costs money. If you like what we do and you'd like to help us continue to produce high-quality, independent healthcare journalism, please consider chipping in.